0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to the same old Arsenal podcast. It's me, Chris, uh, Suburban Gooner Chris. Thank you for joining us. Um, in terms of the usual show regulars, it's just me tonight because this is a summer mini series that we're going to do. And in this summer mini series, just 35 minutes, 30, 35 minutes long, I'm going to get different guests every single week to answer three questions. And this week's guest, I've got Kaya Kainak from Football London. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Very good, Chris. Thank you very much for having me on. It's yes, always a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure. And a good friend of mine, Mr. Johnny Cochran. I, Johnny Cochran. How are you doing, mate?
2: Uh, yeah, I am uh, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. do you know what? I'm, I'm pleased to be here. I really am. I've been given a nod by the guy I know. It's Chris Howard. Absolute top man. And when I get given a nod, I step up, I get my Captain America shield and I say, where are we going? Where are we going? Lovely. So here I am, I mate. It.
0: Although you have, you've dressed up for us as well. Look, it looks like you're in the PJs. So uh not, not quite sure about that. time. Oh, I hope you
2: yeah. show some respect. Thank you. This is the bruised banana uh, little summer shirt, mate. Summer shirt, you know. I mean, obviously, you look like you're going to a, a barbecue in the suburbs, but not me. <laughs> I'm a holiday kind of guy, you know. I'm, All right. I'm All right.
0: Fair enough. And I've got a question for Kaya before we get into our uh, section. What does Kaio Kainak drink when he's not in the summer, when he's not drinking his hot chocolate?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I drink hot chocolate all the way through the summer as well. I think it was the Leicester game last no, you season. Don't. I do. When it was 38 degrees last season, that Leicester game, the first home game of the season, I still have my hot chocolate because traditions have to be respected. And I mean, I don't want to brag, but it's kind of the reason that Arsenal came so close to winning the title. So well, yeah, there you go. I'm going to take all the credit for that. Yeah, we're going to need you to put in the shift then for next season. Maybe double exactly. down, like a exactly. double extra ch- What hot
0: chocolate. Or yeah,
2: just drink or some lava at half time
0: and uh, <laughs> we might get over the line. <laughs> love it, love it. Right, so um, this show, uh, listeners uh, who are joining us in the chat, uh, please fire any questions in. We'll see if we can get to them at the end. But the premise of this show, as I said, three simple questions. It's one in, one out and one bang. So basically, well, I'm going to ask both of our guests – Um, who they think is the person they would like to see, positionally-wise, a signing that maybe stands out. Uh, I do wonder if we're going to get a few obvious ones over the series. So what I'm going to do is keep track of them so that once once we've hit two people saying Declan Rice, I'm going to say, right, that's it, no more. You've got to pick somebody else. Uh, So it's one in, and it's one person you think we should be pulling the trigger on uh, and probably should be out of the club. And then there's one player that you think is going to bang next season, one player that is going to be explode onto the scene. That could be someone that's already brilliant that could then go up to the next level, to the next stratosphere. It could be somebody who is completely left the field from within the current squad. So before before we get into that, though, what I want to do is just have a minute or two with each of you. And I'll start with you, Kaya. Um, feelings at the moment are how you're feeling about the Arsenal season we just had and uh, thoughts about next couple of months and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, good uh, regards to the season Arsenal just had. Obviously, the end was disappointing, and recency bias always clouds your judgment of a season. But I don't think anyone saw it coming—the season that 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 was. And I don't think anyone saw a title race coming. Most people didn't even see top four, you know, coming. So to, to end the way it has, obviously disappointing, but it's fantastic that they were able to get back into the Champions League. And I think the most exciting thing about this Arsenal team, and that we, the reason the vibes around the, the club are so positive for a team that. I suppose if you want to frame it like this, threw away a seven point lead with, I think, uh, seven games to go. The, the reason for the positive vibes is it's a really young squad and we can all see that it's all still going in the right direction. So if they get the recruitment right this summer and if they can bring in the right players, just supplement what they've been doing so far, which they've done really well over the past couple of summers, then there's no reason to think that that can't continue. And once you've got to second, there's only one more place up you can go. And I've got a good feeling that could happen next season.
0: I do too, mate. I'm really, really excited. So I was at a barbecue with uh, Johnny last uh, weekend. Um, Johnny's brother, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is an arse- is a Tottenham fan, and um, he decided to try and engage in a bit of banter, but Johnny and I were not having any of it, were we, mate? And uh, we quickly uh, put him back in his box, because actually, there's really positive vibes you can take out of this young team, this good team, this good squad, this good manager. John, how are you feeling?
2: Yeah, good, and yeah, absolutely. We did need to disavow my brother of any any kind of notion that Tottenham were even worthy of speaking Arsenal's name right now. Embarrassment. Just pick yourself up, a novice head coach uh, who, quite frankly, I mean, you never know; he could surprise people. But Tottenham look like they're continuing the laughter track, um, and it's going to get worse. So that's a nice little side note. But I do want to focus more on Arsenal and what we've got to do because. Listen, gone are the days where just getting above Tottenham was going to be the benchmark for success or, you know, feeling like we were building back. We have jumped further than what a lot of people were predicting in terms of our um, task to get back to the top. And at this stage of proceedings, um, we have to be seen as a credible threat for not just the league, but also um, trophies in general. And I think that we are as time moves on in the process and we do continue to improve, expectations will rise. And I personally think rightly, you know, there is is only so long it will go until the bill comes due. And um, right now I'm feeling really positive that as Kaya was alluding to, if we have a good summer, if we recruit the way that we have been recruiting in recent uh, years, we, if anything, have got the kind of name around the Premier League is probably being As good a recruiters as there are out there, certainly at the top tier, we're not missing very much at the moment. A couple, it always happens, but the the lion's share of what we do works out and is impressive. So a few key recruits this summer and in areas, particularly in areas that we need, I think that we can absolutely either go one better in the league or pick up a healthy cup. And, And obviously one of the other things, after this long out of Champions League, we have to give it a good showing. It would be uh, it would be yeah. a, a travesty if we crash out in the group stage. We're there. We have to cause a stink. Start trying to crash the party. Go deep in it. And listen, that's the kind of thing that us Arsenal fans will be able to get behind. But The one thing we absolutely have to do, and I'll just wrap on that, is we have to make sure that the recent two seasons and the loss of form at the end of the season does not happen next year. Even if we don't get there, we can't collapse at the end. We can't. Otherwise, it's going to become a very worrying uh, kind of proposition that that's what we always do. So, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm excited, and, I, and I'm and i optimistic that we will do the required things.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think one of those big things, and this leads us on nicely, nice little segue into our first section. I'll actually start with you, Johnny, and then go to Kaya. One in. So, who are you having? Who are you taking? You uh you pull a thorn out of uh, Stan Kroenke's backside and he says I'll give you any single footballer you can have. Uh by the way we talked beforehand you can't say Haaland. Let's be realistic. You're not having <laughs> you're not having Mbappe. Let's have one realistic signing that you think is going to fundamentally change us next season.
2: Yeah, well, I did say Haaland and and understandably why, you know. I mean, but the reason why I'll enter into this answer via Haaland is because my answers to these questions are based on the current squad, and it's not necessarily that uh, it's not necessary that um, I am thinking this, these, this player that we could get will be the best player in the world or the new Holland or whatever. But in terms of our greatest need, that's where I have been steered towards, and it is in the striker area. Now, what a turnaround! And it's not a complete write-off by any stretch. But at the start of the season, we were all very excited about what Gabby Jesus was doing, how he changed our style of play. And I thought that overall, he had a good season. But towards the end, when we needed difference makers up against an absolute juggernaut in the form of City, I think that he was found wanting in terms of being a a striking talisman. Now, I think Jesus is a great player. He showed it this year. But he may end up becoming... um, Oh, excuse me. A little bit more of a um, a kind of um, a, a kind of I not not squad player is not the right term, but my point is is that he may be filling in in different possession positions, the likes of filling in for Saka on the wing and stuff like that. I think he's shown that he can do that stuff, but I think we need to get really aggressive when it comes to finding a goal scorer, someone who is just gonna you know, not mess around and they're just going to give you 20 a year. And they're going to say, just give us the money and and that's what I'll do. And so I'm going to say, with all of that build up, Vlajevic. Because I I think that we have to try and address the striking area to try and close the gap to where City are that far, you know, ahead of us. And that obviously is, they've got the best striker in the world. Everyone's behind them in that area. But we seem to be quite a way away. Um Haaland scoring basically 40 goals. Jesus in the 10s, going to need to see an improvement there. So if Vlajevic came in, we need a guy who could potentially bang and blow to the next level. I think that he would give us another option up front because at least Jesus then provides, you know, an alternative um, danger. And so if Vlajevic was to come in and hit the ground running, we don't know how it works. But for me, it's like if Arsenal think he's good, then I think he's good because we recruit well and we've got good talent ID. So if they were to go out after him, I'd feel confident he was going to come in, be a success in this country. And if he was a guy who's getting 20 plus goals, he would change the way that we're playing and he would absolutely propel us up the league because goals mean prizes in this game. Yeah. It's an interesting one of When we were first linked to him,
0: I was quite hot on him as well. And I thought this guy looks good. He looks physical. He looks B. He looks a presence. But he hasn't exactly sort of exploded at Juventus, has he? I mean, I don't watch enough Italian football. And Kai, I'd be interested to get your views on this before we then hand over to your sort of one in. But I think it's, I don't know how many Italian strikers or strikers that come from Italy do actually then do the business. Um, you know, you think of the, like going back years, likes of Shevchenko and, and players like that, that. They've never fully done the business, have they? But Kai, I just want to get your thoughts from that perspective on Vlavic and then the one in that you would have.
1: Yeah, I suppose a more recent example of serious strikers sort of struggling in the Premier League is Lukaku as well. He's been outstanding in Inter Milan, but yeah, he came to definitely. Chelsea and was very poor. So, yeah, there is that worry. And you're right. I don't think Vlaovic has done too well at Juventus, but there, there was a very talented player in there. And there's a reason, like Johnny was saying, that Arsenal were interested. I was another who spent a lot of time a Y Scout uh, sort of going through all the clips of Vlaovic and getting myself very excited last January when it seemed there was a possibility that Arsenal might sign him. And the strength was a thing that stood out to me. That was a real sort of factor that I think Jadis is actually really good at holding off defenders for a guy who is as small as he is. He's got a fantastic core strength and he can hold off yeah. defenders really well. But just in the air, if you want an outlet, I wonder if you maybe need someone different. Now, like Johnny, I'm, I'm, I'm going for a striker as well, because I just think there were too many games last season, particularly towards the end where it seemed as though the, the fate was sort of inevitably heading towards a defeat. I think about Forrest, I think about Brighton, I think about those three draws. And I just think he needed something different from the bench. And I, I, I'm a big fan of Eddie and Nketiah. I actually think he did way better than people give him credit for when he came into the team for Jesus, because we forget how good Jesus was in the first part of the season. And the reason Arsenal were able to maintain their title challenge all the way as far as they did was largely due to how good a job Jesus, uh, sorry, um, Nketiah did Covering for Jesus, and then obviously Trossard came came in and helped out towards the end. But my players, my players got a big caveat hanging over, a big question mark, and it's obviously the fact that he's banned for quite a few months. But I don't think there's too many better strikers in the Premier League last season than Ivan Tony, and I think he's yeah. totally different from Gabriel Jesus. He's totally different from Eddie and and I think if you throw him into this Arsenal team, and it's I don't want to be as reductive as say you, you put a big man up front and suddenly everything's different because he's 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 much better than that. He's he's good on the ball, he's good at linking play, he brings his Brentford teammates into possession, he's good at sort of joining the attack. And I just think someone like that, a fighter up front who is clinical. I mean, he got was it, I think nearly twenty goals last season. He was the second highest yeah. scorer in the Premier League behind Haaland. So someone like that I think would be a superb addition to the Arsenal squad in the same way I was in favor of those Calvert-Lewin links when they were happening a few years ago, just because I felt that someone different might be what Arsenal need. And Jesus, in my opinion, is is one of the best strikers in the league at what he does, one of the best strikers in the world at what he does in terms of that pressing, that defensive outlet from the front, the the way he brings other players into it. I think Saka and Martinelli have gone on leaps and bounds because of Jesus' influence. Uh, but, I do think there are games where maybe he does get sort of, um, I guess, crowded out by the number of defenders that that do stick around him and the way Arsenal just play that one up top. And I just think someone different might might be good up front. And Ivan Tony obviously, is going to be banned for quite a while. So if it was a one-in, it would have to be a January transfer. But I just yeah. think he'd be a really good addition to this Arsenal squad. I think especially going into the Champions League, where maybe you need something a bit different that European teams don't see as much. That type of striker, I think, would be a really superb addition.
0: Yeah, I do wonder about that—the whole January thing. I mean, you know, you're keeping, you're doing Ivan Gazidis and keeping the powder dry till January. I see, which is interesting. But um, I do wonder about um, something like that. I just, I think that Arsenal, being the club that they are, probably wouldn't touch Tony because of that now, because of his reputation. But I'm with you. Like I watched that game live and in the flesh when we. Were robbed against Brentford, and
1: honestly, that guy was—he
0: was was an absolute menace for the entire game. He didn't score,
2: Mm. but I thought he was brilliant. He was not seen many
1: people bully William Saliba this season, but he managed it for most of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be clear, I am am very much in agreement. To be to be honest, Ivan Tony is the player I think we should go for. But factored into my answer, I have to be kind of, and it will be with the player out as well. Like it's realistic, and like you. I'm not sure that... We, it's not even that I... in a, in a, in, a, in a, If there was no ban, I think he would be my number one, Tony, because he's done it in the Premier League. The problem is, is that just with the way that Arsenal were doing business, I don't know if they would sit there and go, we're not going to have this guy for three months out of the season, and then we're going to ask him to come in and just hit the ground running. I'm just not sure in a, in a year where we're going to need to be picking up points straight away. I'm not sure... Arsenal will make that choice, even if I would.
1: Yeah, and I think another mark against him is probably that he's twenty-seven years old, as opposed to maybe younger strikers. I think Vlahovic is only twenty-two, is he? So, yeah, I don't know why I'm arguing I against think. my own player. Twenty-four. Sorry, I don't know why I'm arguing against my own player, but yeah, um, I, I, I still think he'd be a great addition. I, I no, he's agree. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. I think good.
0: I think we I think we all are in agreement. It's just a shame about that whole betting thing, isn't it? Um, and the way that that's panned out. Because I think I do wonder about how much Brentford would want for want for him as well. But you know, the upside is that prem ready player, and that guy does not not miss penalties. You know, we're getting a penalty, and I'm not worrying ever uh, because he
2: Saka, Saka Saka may be the only one who doesn't want him to come. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take the penalties. Um, <laughs> But no, you know, you're right. Overall, I'm in full agreement with you guys. I would do it. I don't think Arsenal would, would do it, but I I think I would do it because if you look at the form of Gabby Jesus, he was scintillating before the World Cup. He was great. There was a start, the start of a lack of goals that were creeping in, but overall, it was covered up by the way we were playing. The idea that could he replicate that half of the season again is feasible. And then if we had a quality you know, a uh, backup coming around that time, it may be the actual lift that we need to pick up form, just have an absolute killer towards the end of the season, maybe uh, pick up points that we wouldn't have this year.
0: Yeah, if we get a good start as well, like imagine we got exactly the same start as we had this season. None of us were really even worried about anything until we got to January and suddenly it was like, no, we need the bigger squad, we need the depth. So, you know, it would, hey, maybe we're talking ourselves into it. We're talking us around for it, Kaya. So let's, um, let's move us on because um, I, I do want to do, I want to get the unpleasantness out of the way because that's the nice stuff. That's the looking at the, oh, who could we potentially sign? What's the shiny new thing that we can go for? But we are going to have to do this. I'm going to start with you, Kaya. One out. So you've got carte blanche from Mikel Arteta. He just says, you can spin a wheel if you want and pick one or, or I could, you can just point at somebody you, you think should be on their way and uh, and I'll do, I'll do the difficult, I'll do the dirty
1: work of uh, telling them to clean out their locker. I think mine's got to be Rob Holding and it almost it feels like it feels quite mean picking on him because he's obviously a nice guy and he's one of the longest serving players at the club and he was crucial in two FA Cup wins and you know you don't want to be too critical of him but I do think the the Arsenal squad and the way Arsenal are evolving they've, they've reached the stage where they can't really afford to to carry players like him in the squad on the off chance they they might need him like they did towards the end of last season and the drop off between him and Saliba is, is so massive and i think when a backup comes in you you want to not have to change your entire style of play to to accommodate them and that's why again i think eddie did quite a good job because he did the jesus role for quite a while and then it sort of tailed off for a bit but when rob holding came in that the team had to sort of adapt to to cover for his mistakes and Partey dropped a lot deeper and then his form fell off and there was no distribution to bukayo saka and his form fell off and all those things go wrong and i just think you lose so much with him in the squad that I now think you can't really afford to be risking mm-hmm. playing Rob Holding in big games where, um you know, you need the win. The results matter and Arsenal are reaching a stage where results matter more than, um, I guess, niceness within the squad. So it's with a heavy heart because he's he's been a great servant to Arsenal, but... I think they need to, to upgrade on him um, in competition for William Saliba, if possible, just because I think that was we, we all saw what happened towards the end of last season. I don't think we want that to happen again.
0: Yeah. I think that had we have been a bit braver, or maybe had Arteta been a bit braver and moved um, White in field, oh, sorry, into, into centre half, and then we find another solution at right back. Whether or not that would have been party, I could kind of see. I know it didn't work for the Forest, but I think their heads had gone anyway for the Forest game. Um, but I actually could see the logic of playing Thomas Party if you haven't got Zinchenko at right back, because then in the Everton game he did drift in field. He almost played the inversion of what happened with uh, with Zinchenko, and we played White as that centre half because I could see the logic for it, and it just felt like it felt to me like it stuck true it was truer sticking truer to Arteta's kind of principles than just to effectively say well let's chuck Bob Holding in there I mean I'm not I've never been his biggest fan but it's a bit like you were saying Kaya it's almost like taking out your family your family's sort of old favorite sort of dog and being like, old Jella oh, <laughs> yeah old Jella old Jella's got to go Johnny <laughs> to I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that
2: yeah um and my answer might surprise you a bit certainly um Kaya with his name drops but I'm going to say Eddie and Kettia. And and uh, the reason for why that is, is uh, I'm going to, inbuilt in my answer, assume that some of the names, as you mentioned, Kyle, like Rob Holding and that, they just naturally work their way out of the club. It's clearly not good enough. I'm just going to take it as read that someone in the chat was mentioning Cedric, Cedric Suarez. But obviously these people, they've, they've got no future. Like, of, of course, just get people out the club, you know, in general, like, once they get to that level where they're just fringe players, just it, it doesn't really matter. But in terms of, it's not that I, I think Eddie's like a shocking player or anything like that. It's not. It's that I don't think he's going to be good enough. I don't think he's going to move us along. And what that would mean, if we get rid of Eddie, is we are done waiting. Like, now, we are not just going to give people chance after chance. Eddie's had a good a good few stints, and he's done okay when he's come in. But we need to start getting ruthless now, and it's like this is the standard we need you to meet. And for me, Gabby Jesus is now looking like he should be our substitute, our backup striker. So, in which case, Eddie is not ready to, you know, step in and, uh, you know, overtake him. If you're not, you're just taking up spaces. So, I think that if we got Eddie out of the club and we got a replacement in who is obviously better, who's our first choice, I think that is a positive sign of uh ambition from the club. We are churning through players that don't break through. And some of these guys will be good. They're not gonna, you know, they're not shocking players, but they're just not good enough to take us to the next level. So I think that our striker lineup is definitely in need of a freshen up. I think we need to go heavy in that area of the field and really be aggressive to push ourselves forward. And unfortunately I just don't think Eddie's going to be able to make the leap. So if we were to move him on, I would see it as a, a a ruthless, but an ambitious move from Arsenal. And and I'd actually get a bit of confidence out of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a hypothetical game that we're playing. And it's almost, I can see the logic because I think it's like, we're going to get rid of Suarez anyway. We're going to get rid of Pepe. You know, those sort of fringe players that aren't coming anywhere near us. We're going to get rid of them. And I think to myself, if you can magic up, the exit, but you've got to get the right the right type of exit, isn't it? Because in my head with Eddie, are we going to get decent money for him? Money for him? Because he's English, he scores goals, and he's on a big wage. So exactly. I'm not sure whether we would... I think it's harder to sell in Ketier, and I don't know. It might also be difficult to sell holding. I, I, I don't know. Kaya, I just want to get your thoughts from that perspective. Do you think it's, in this hypothetical game, is it easier to sell Eddie or is it easier to sell holding?
1: If you're looking at it from a contract point of view, it's easy to sell holding because he's got one year with the option to extend by a further year. So if you maybe forgo the option to extend, then you might be able to facilitate an exit a bit easier. But in terms of maybe the value you might be able to get, I think Johnny's right. I think Eddie would probably get a much higher value than than Rob Holding because he's young, because he's got a track record of scoring in the Premier League, and because he's an English academy product and England's under record under twenty one goal scorer. Let's not forget. So I mean, Dominic Solanke worth 20 million. Then Eddie's worth at least 25, 30. So even with the season he's had, where I, I, you know, I disagree with Johnny in the sense I think he's 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 done okay. But even if the season he's had where he's not been first choice, really, I think you can still look at getting 25, 30 for him. But you're right, Chris, in the sense that who's going to match his high wages? I don't know. And I think there's probably a, a striker within the Arsenal, another end striker. Who Arsenal will sell this summer most likely Who's probably a little bit easier to sell if you look at maybe slightly cheaper wages and you're going to get a good fee for him as well. So, yeah, I, there's arguments for both, to be honest. I'm going to be boring and sit on the fence there. Sorry. <laughs> That's
0: perfectly fine. Uh, just just one more before we then go on to the, the bangs. Johnny, so you're selling Eddie. Are you also making the assumption that Flo Balogun's out the door as well, given that you're bringing in Vlarovic? Is that your kind of duet? It's uh, Vlarovic as number one, assuming that he, he kicks off, he kicks on and go, rotating with Gabriel Jesus, and you're binning off both Eddie and Flo Balogun, or do you think Balogun's got a space?
2: I'm binning off both, actually, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and and the thing is, is I would like the idea of Balogun almost being a third striker, but I just don't think he's willing to accept that at this stage. He's clearly moved because he's ambitious. He wants playing time. It's not a case of whether he's shown he's got talent. He has. But I think that... We need to start getting some serious money together and invest in it in an ag- aggressive way. Another name that we mentioned, and to be honest, it was an absolute coin flip when I said about Vlajevic, is uh, ossiman Because the, the, the thing that came up the other day was this link with um, uh, Napoli wanting Balagun uh, to be ossiman's replacement. Well, if you're trying to get a replacement in, Surely it doesn't take, you know, the most shrewdest of uh, players in the Arsenal transfer team to say, hold up, that guy that you're trying to replace, can we just give you a couple of extra quid and we'll do a swap? Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, if they're going to sell him, they're going to sell him for money. We can almost set the value on Balogun being their replacement. Could we get Osserman for, you know, 80 plus Balogun? I I think that's the kind of move that you could do and it would change... It, it would make us a bit scary. Awesome and leading the line. It's danger all over. So, um, yeah, I think um, if you're talking about going for players like that, Balogun, Eddie, you're out because you're not really going to get much of a chance anyway. And then we replace our backup striker with a new, cheaper, younger option. That's out. that third striker becomes our, you know, giving people a chance space. So mm-hmm. whether it be a young player or, or, or transfer target. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's how I'd
0: do it. Yeah. I mean, there is some logic into that, I will admit. Um, and we do need to get better at selling when players' values are at their peak. Um, but, again, I, I, I caveat the Osman stuff. I know you'll probably both roll your eyes. But, again, coming from Italy into the Premier League, different stuff. I know the guy looks absolutely mustard. But I don't know. I still have my doubts over Italian strikers. Right. We're going to move um, on to the final um, sort of section. And then if anyone's got any questions, um, I will star them and then we'll ask ask the guys right at the end. So uh, please feel free to whack your questions into the comments box. But final one, and again, back to you, Kaya, this time, uh, who's going to bang next season? Who is your view from the existing squad at the moment? I think this guy's going to do it.
1: I think um, it's it's a player who had a good season this season, but it's a player I think is going to have an even better season next season. I'm, I'm going for Gabriel Martinelli, I'm really excited to see him in the Champions League. I think he's the kind of player in those two-legged affairs where maybe you're going to have to defend a bit, but you're going to have to counter and you're going to have to take chances that come your way. And I'm picturing, you know, two-legged affairs in the Berner or Arsenal defending quite a long time. And then Gabriel Marceli goes away on the counter-attack and decides these big games. I just think he's going to be huge in the Champions League. And I think he's going to go even better in the Premier League. You know, hopefully he'll have Gabriel Jesus with him for a whole season up front, because I think... Gabriel Jesus' injury coincided with his loss of form Martinelli. And it was no coincidence that when Trossard came back into the middle and they had a player who he could link with a bit more and interchange position with, suddenly uh, Martinelli starts scoring goals again. So listen, he's a guy who was Arsenal's top scorer this season. I'm not saying he he wasn't he didn't bang this season, but I think he's gonna bang even harder next season. I just think he's gonna be superb. I think he's gonna go for him because no one's talking about him for for player of the season or those kind of team of the season nominations. And I I just I'm backing him next season to have the kind of year the kind of campaign where no one can overlook him where everyone has to say oh my god this guy is this guy's the real deal and I think people because there's another very talented 21 year old on the other side for Arsenal people sort of sleep on Martinelli quite a lot and I'm backing him to have the kind of season where you can't really do that anymore. I just think he's going to be amazing next year.
0: Yeah I what I really love about the current crop that we've got is that this is actually a lot more difficult question than it might have been a few years ago because we have so many that you just think they're going to get better next season. You've got Erdegaard, you've got uh, Ben White. There's Bill, big Bill Saliba. There's Erdegaard, There's so many that you can pick from. Um, and so for me, I like the I like the Martinelli shout because I think he's going to add more, even more goals to his game. I think he's going to be even more of a terror. And like you said, Champions League, I wouldn't mind him having a go at it. Johnny, from your point of view, who's banging?
2: Yeah. So Kai is kind of stolen my one to be honest because uh <laughs> I um, well you get a free hit then come on yeah I to be honest pound for pound like you, you you've said it up beautifully chris because i do think there are three or four who could i could answer this and i would feel confident about it but martinelli just feels like um just the way i was so impressed with the way he came through this season really was and like his mentality is still there but now like there's a there's a belief in him now that he just believes that his game's gone to another level and that's the kind of belief you need as a you know a final step before you can really start becoming world-class you you stop hoping it will happen and you start believing it's gonna happen and they you just keep playing your game and you're just you're clinical because you're that good um but to add a bit of variation so that was my two penneth on Martinelli but let's go to one of the other players who clearly if he's playing at Arsenal, I think he's going to bang potentially as much as anyone else. And that's big Bill. The guy is outrageous. He's, in my opinion, I've said I think he's the best defender in the league. When when I get pushed back on that, I'm like, what, what are you guys watching? He makes mistakes. He's young. He's absolutely unbelievable. What a gifted football player. So comfortable. He is like the next generation of centre-half. The only thing that we've seen in recent times, in my opinion, is Virgil van Dijk. And what happens with these kinds of players? There's, there's, you know, an experience factor which there's no, you know, faking. You can't, you can't pretend you've played more than you have. You haven't experienced all of those situations. But in terms of natural ability, there are some things that he can do which other guys just, they just cannot do it. And I think that if he keeps progressing the way that he has been over the last few years, including his, uh, you know, young player of the year performance in France. I think that he is gonna to get to that world class level, and I mean proper world class, like being Elite. considered one of the best defenders in the world. I mean top five very soon. And and it's part of the reason why he's not is because of the weird thing going in France, where they're picking players who are clearly not as good as William Saliba above him. Arsenal are benefiting somewhat if he, you know, he's injured anyway now, but it would keep him more fresh. But I genuinely think He is going to be a generational talent, no question about it. And I also think if we are going to have a, you know, a period of dominance and success, he is going to be at the fulcrum of that. And, you know, if it ain't Martinelli and Saliba's still with Arsenal and he's fit, I think he will have more than just me believing that he's the best defender in the Premier League. I think a lot of people will start to jump on the bandwagon because it will be that prove it year and i think he can i think he might be even better
0: yeah i i can't echo that enough mate you and i are both we've to each other we're both big bill saliba fans so uh, have always been my big question my worry is that he's he's only what like 21 but every season he's picked up a knock like this season it was his uh, back i think I'm not sure if he picked up a knock in Marseille, but I know when he was um, his final season at St Etienne, I think he was out for a bit. And I think he picked up uh, a knock which which kept him out for a few games when he was at Nice as well. So I just hope that that's not the case. But, um, yeah, I've got my my fingers crossed for it. So, uh, yeah, so we've got uh, Martinelli, obviously. We're hoping that he's going to bang. And then... uh, and then we've got uh, big Bill Saliba, so I can't complain with that. Um, we are coming towards the end of the pod, but I just wanted to ask a few questions that we've had in from the group. <laughs> Funny one from Leeds Gunner. Hey, Johnny, did you enjoy meeting Richard, Richard Osmond? Osmond,
2: he, he, He's lovely, to be fair. That was a lot of fun. Um, don't know when it's at, at sometime this year, but, yeah, it was good. And it was really... It was like a pub quiz on heat. I came out of that at the end of it. I was like, my brain was frazzled. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. He's a nice guy. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good watch when it's on.
0: Love it. Um, one for Kaya, a silly one for Kaya. Uh, do you know an Arsenal fan that is actually taller than you?
1: Um, I've not met one. I suppose yeah. If, if I'm not allowed to count Per Permutazaka, then no. Uh, I'm six foot six. For anyone who doesn't know, I, it doesn't really come across on these streams because I'm all legs. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 relatively tall. And uh, no, I've, I've not met one yet. But I, I look forward to the day where I lose that title as I, the tallest Arsenal fan I know.
0: I do wonder if the
1: Leeds Gunner actually asked that because
0: he's like seven foot two or something. And he's like, "Do ah. you want to meet down the pub or something?" <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Right, Lynn Simpson's got a question. Uh, we'll start with you, Johnny. So. Um, do you all agree how much the, mar- how the market is going at the moment and the level that we've progressed to? 200 million pounds will not be enough to get us to where we need to be. So you've got 200 million quid, Johnny. Is that enough? I guess is the question.
2: Um, no, it's not. Uh, and I think we will go above it because it won't be about, you know, uh, just 200 quid or whatever they give us as like kind of a war chest. We will absolutely have to co fund um, our incomings by outgoings. And it is a year for us to demonstrate that we've woken up in terms of being able to move players on and getting a feedback for them. And, you know, for anyone who maybe was surprised with the player that I was, you know, nominating for leaving the club, part of it is, as you guys kind of said earlier, selling players before they lose all their value. Some of those guys are going to be doing all right, but you have to go, you know what? It's probably worth more to me in money than you know, a, a, and putting it towards a player we really believe in, than one who's like, is he going to get there? Is he not? So, um, I think, I honestly believe that riceado is, is is an option for us. I think it's I think it's quite likely to happen personally. Um, in terms of, I've if if it is to be believed, like Caiado has a clause in the contract for Arsenal specifically, which would keep it to no more than seventy. And then we can be a bit shrewd with Declan Weiss, who sounds like he's almost declaring for us. Um, We might be at, you know, but minimum they're going to cost is 160, 170 million. So I think if we can move players on, we could get anywhere up to, you know, 70, 80 million. And I think we could do a quarter of a quarter of a billy, I think, in um, in this transfer market to get us where we want um and obviously co-funded by some of those outgoings kaya are you a, are you a man that believes that 200 do you think
0: we'll actually spend more like a quarter of a billy as a, a quarter of a big billy that uh, johnny's just said do you think that's a realistic thing do you think that's what
1: we have and do you think we need to spend more than that to get to where we need to go um, I think there's potential to spend that much. I know, for example, with the Mudrick deal in January, Arsenal were willing to drop 100, nearly £100 million on him, but the decision was taken by Edu and Arteta to not go and do that for the, the best long-term interest of the club. And Arsenal aren't afraid to spend big on a player if they feel the value is right. They've shown that countless times now. And I think they're they're becoming very good in the market in terms of learning when to walk away. So that teams don't sort of take them for a ride and think, well, it's Arsenal; they'll just pay. Let's just hold out for a bit longer. Eventually, they'll pay. So I think they've sort of they've they've adjusted that reputation quite well. In the long run, from speaking to people at the club, the aim is to eventually get back to the self-sustaining model, which I think is fair enough. The Cronkies have have put quite a bit of money into it recently, and obviously during COVID, there was no fans in the stadium, and Arsenal were very reliant on matchday revenue. That stuff's all come back now, and there's Champions League money to spend on top of that. So that would suggest there's going to be a decent budget if you throw in the hints that were given in January. The only reason I'd be slightly reticent to put a figure on it is that mentioning what I mentioned before about being willing to walk away from deals, Arsenal have shown with Trossard and Jorginho in January, for example, they're not afraid to go out and sign someone a little bit cheaper. They have backup targets. Eddie's been planning this window for a very long time. So it won't just be a case of... Riceado or bust it'll be a case if there'll be bc i mean if, if you want to call them bcd targets and maybe just other targets that they'll have going on in the background that maybe we're not so privy to and maybe as journalists we should be trying harder to find out about but mm-hmm. um yeah there's those kind of things going on so I, I don't know 200 million maybe it'll be 200 million maybe 250 maybe it'll be 300 maybe it'll just be 100 i don't know but i just think arsenal have been smart in the market in terms of knowing when to walk away from deals and if they feel they need to, they'll do that. But I think Johnny's right in the sense that he says uh sales are going to be a big part of it. And any money that they can bring in probably will go back into the summer transfer fund to go out and buy players. So it's a possibility that those kind of figures could be seen this summer. And realistically, if you want to create a squad competing capable, sorry, of competing in the Champions League and the Premier League at the top end of both competitions. You need to be spending around that money eventually, whether it's spending it now and then in the long term, not having to spend as much in the coming summers. Eventually, you're going to have to bite that bullet, in my opinion. So it could be a case they choose to do that this summer. It could be a case they choose to do it maybe further down the line in the project. But I'm expecting quite a busy summer and, yeah, some some pretty big figures, I think. I think it will be. I think it will be a big summer. But... It's the £200 million spend, but it's the old
0: net spend question as well, because it's how much money can we uh, can we get in. Let's do some quick fire ones before we uh, before we uh, knock off for the evening. Um, Kaya, but then I want to ask Johnny that too. Do you think Saliba will sign?
1: Nice binary, yes or no? Um, we, we, we published a piece on Football London um, yesterday evening um, saying that Arsenal are, are pretty confident. The positive talks have been progressing. The player seems to share the desire to stay. Arteta seems very confident whenever he's speaking, so all those things would seem to suggest that that is that is moving in the right direction. So, uh, as things stand, if it's a yes or no, I'd probably say yes, but um, please don't hold me to that. And yeah, um, at me man. in a few months' time, if it doesn't. End at me. And Johnny, is it a simple yes for you?
2: Yeah, um, I you know uh, I'm I'm t- talking about the same reports that Kai is obviously saying. We, we've heard that Saliba. I I needed to hear those reports. If I'm honest, I was starting to get a bit concerned the way Mm. things have gone on. He just seemed like the one who was going to break our heart at the end. And it was just kind of ominously silent around the whole thing. And it just felt like, you know, a slow death. And if Saliba, the actual player didn't want that to be the notion that was out there, I felt like it was too long without him saying it, letting his feelings be known. So I don't, I don't think these reports are from nowhere. I think they've been deliberately released to kind of quell, you know, the the anxiety in a lot of guners. And once they start releasing that, I don't think they've done that against Saliba's word. And I think that's a good sign that um, his intention is to stay. And if he, he intends to stay, I don't think we'll get caught out not being able to pay him enough money. I don't think it will be a case of that. He's going to get rewarded very handsomely with his next contract. And... It really comes more down to whether he wants to be an Arsenal player and it's sounding like he does. I, I, I hope to high heaven that that is the case and we get it done. Me too. I'd also love Arsenal to drop a Todd Bowley style nine
0: year contract onto him. (laughs) um, Maybe we don't always get uh, what we want in our life. Right. One final question. Apologies to those people who we haven't been able to get through. Nice, easy one for you both. Uh, Kaya, how many players do you think we're going to sign? Don't worry about the positions thing. I don't think so. We've done through some of those. But how many, how many ins do you think there'll be?
1: Um, I'll probably go through it by positions just to keep track of the numbers, to be honest. (laughs) I'd say two midfielders probably. I think a defender. So someone who can play across the back line, I don't think necessarily it'll be a case of centre back and then someone who can't do anything else. Arteta likes his versatile players. He likes Kitty or even as a player who's proved he can play almost anywhere across the back line. So I'd say that. And then a forward player. I think Arteta seems to want another forward player, even though Reese Nelson looks like he's going to extend his contract and Milsmith-Rowe's not going anywhere. Arteta wants another forward, more firepower up top. So I don't think it'll be an out and out nine like, we were discussing earlier. I think it'd be more of a player who can play anywhere across the front line. If it is anyone who does come in, but so I guess that makes four. Uh, and yeah, those would be the positions I'd expect Arsenal to to strengthen. It. I'd be happy with four. Johnny, would you be happy with four coming in
0: based
2: on those positions? Um, no, no. I think we. Need You're to never sign happy, more. are you? <laughs> no, we need to sign more. It's it's all well and good. Like we've had a good season, and we and it's right to feel like happy with the progress that's been made but we would be foolhardy if we think that we are you know like a shoe in for doing it next year without some serious improvement like we are gonna this this is a, a sign that we're on the right you know path and we're in the right process but it's not a sign that you know um success is inevitable by any stretch we're gonna have to continue to improve and I think more slightly more radical change is needed I do think we're not only capable of doing it, I think we will as well. And I'll say five or six players that will be coming through the door. And I say five or six because that like, you know, that six player might be, as we have been doing lately, you pick up a player for maybe £10 million, a Marquinhos, if you like, like someone really cheap, a kind of punt. We'll have some punts. They're not necessarily going to be the way the players, the team are built around for the next couple of seasons, but, you never know. They might come good. And and we have been gambling on a few. But in terms of prominent signings, I think about five. Um, two midfielders. I'm hoping we get a striker, although I'm a bit concerned we don't. Definitely a defender um, in the form of either a, a Rob Holdings replacement or a right-back hybrid. And um, also, I think there may be one... Kind of wing forwards coming through the door if the price is right. So um, yeah, I'd say I'd say about say about five and uh, and six as a as a pump player.
0: You don't want much, do you? <laughs> six players coming in. I mean, bloody hell, mate, bloody hell. Listen, um, we're out of time for today. But uh, Johnny, it's an absolutely
2: amazing having you on, mate. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, wonderful chatting to Kaya as well. Like at the end of the day, Arsenal fans, we're it's nice when we get to chat to each other. We're all very smart, logical, good looking people. So it's <laughs> nice to speak to our own, you know what I mean? Yeah, lovely to have you on too, Kaya. Thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Yeah, thank you. After that review I'm definitely coming back. If it's just gonna be more compliments like that, I'll be here. I'll be here tomorrow if you need me, if you bring me those. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> uh, brilliant um of course uh, if you uh want to uh leave us a review like all of that sort of great stuff then please do so um we'll be back next uh, Wednesday well I'll be back next Wednesday with a couple more guests uh, asking asking the same questions again one in one out one bangs uh, and I might even just tell them that they can't have Lavich they can't have Ivan Tony, they can't have it they, they can't bin off Eddie Nketiah they can't bin off Rob Holding uh, and they've got to choose somebody that isn't for banging that isn't uh Martinelli so, um, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to see you next time. So, keep it, Arsenal.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.